This is a main hustle media podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Jackie O and you're listening to Militantly Mixed. Yo, this is Rashani from the single simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back listening to Militantly Mixed. Main Hustle Media podcasts are recorded on the ancestral lands of the Chumash, Tongva, Karankwa, and Hohokam people. And I wish to pay my respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your sir auntie, Charmaine Fury, a.k.a. the Blasian Blurred, and this is the 15th installment of the Mixed Auntie Confidential episodes with myself and Mixed Auntie Teresa. Yes, Teresa long. We ended up last time, last month, talking about coming up with new terms or, or opening up the conversation about finding new terms that would help those of us who are in the racially ambiguous category to feel comfortable expressing ourselves and just hopefully shutting down the conversation when somebody wants to try to invalidate us or have extra curiosity, what have you. Uh, so this is actually part two because this started the conversation just like we were hoping that it would. Uh, this is part two with our phenodivergent, pheno non-conforming, pheno fluid. You got to pause so you make sure you say everything. <laughs> conversation. When we started to talk about this last week or last month, when you had the idea and we we got into the the chitty yeah. chat about it, did you anticipate response at all? Like we got, I had no idea. And just to reiterate, y'all, um, this was often a lot of the times. Sir Auntie Maine and I have an <laughs> idea ahead of time before our record date. Um, sometimes we even, believe it or not, actually do research, have bullet points in front of us, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. We were both good students and we always want to bring you quality. This last month was, you know, I don't know if it's because it was summer or whatever. We were just chillaxing, you know, but we, I literally think I texted this to her 15 seconds. <laughs> it was, it was really quick. It was like, hey, what about this? What about that? I said, do we have a topic? And so well, technically yeah. you brought it up like a day or two before, but it okay. didn't, it was just like, this is just something I'm kicking around. And I was like, it's interesting, but I don't know. I don't know what the fuck, you know, like, I don't know. Right. And then we get to our record date and it was like, so we're talking about this, but did we have anything <laughs> to prepare? I was like, no, let's just do this in real time and see, let, let the people know that even the aunties, have to like process and yes. what that processing looks like. Yes. Um, but yes. we did get some response about it, some online, some offline, some emails, some comments, yes. you know, things like that. Conversations it sparked with, you know, outside of like, oh, hey, I, I heard this episode, I want to talk to you about it, stuff like that. So I've compiled the ones that came in print, which isn't that many. But you and I have both had separate conversations since then with folks yes, or whatever. Yes, so we thought, let's not let another month or two go by. Let's not try to do a whole research paper on the shit. Like, let's just actually come back and talk about it since it's on people's mind. Um, yes. Since we only do Big Zonti episode once a month. So, so far. It did hit, it hit some nerves. It did. 
positive and negative and neutral. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I think that, but I think that that was when I made the tentative suggestion, y'all. I think that was what I was really hoping for. And that's what we're always hoping for is to spark thought, conversation, reflection, and find then find out all the different things that people are thinking and feeling because to us, that's what makes that's how we grow. That's how we mm -hmm. learn. That's the, to me, the essence of diversity is diverse thought, opinion, perspective, kicking it around. Let me chew on that, mm -hmm. you know, over the, give me something to chew on. But I love that a lot of people, like you said, came back with, yeah, I love that. Wait a minute. I can, I can see, you know, I can see playing with that in my own life. Yeah. And even if the words that we used weren't, the word it Come opened up the one. idea of oh yes. you mean I can just start to think about this and maybe come up with my own thing so everybody knows who listens to the show I'm a fan of the hybrid term I love when you take whatever you're mixed with and kind of smush it together um I like even if that word exists out in the world I like what it means to you when you say it versus when somebody else says it and stuff like that so I'm always a fan of trying to find the way that you personally will feel validated in regardless of outside influence. That that's my jammy jam. I enjoy the hell out of that. You know, and I, I've said that I've adopted Blasian just because that is the kind of popular black Asian mixed term or whatever. But for me, my actual personal term is black anise because the anise is exclusive to Japanese other neeses don't have a, a sound in front of it. <laughs> and so like for me, black anise is a good mashup between black and Japanese and it reflects me. And it's something I've said since I was a teenager. And then Chris rock or Chris Tucker came out and said it on, uh, whatever the fuck movie rush hour. And it was like, Oh, Chinese and stuff. So kind of ruined it, but still, it's still my term. I still love it. But there's this other thing that happens. And that was what we kind of talked about last time was just that, you know, a lot of us mixed folks don't like when outsiders call us racially ambiguous because we're not actively being confusing. You're just confused. Hey, say it again. We are not, as mixed people, actively confusing. You are just confused. Yes. When you see us, you want to categorize us in any kind of thing. And it, it, I understand that that is human nature. Male, female, tall, short, black, yes. white, yes. whatever the yes. thing is. I understand that. As, as people, we look for the boil it down to the simplest thing that I can understand. But when you grow up looking like this, <laughs> when you don't code easily one thing, you know, people's curiosity and their confusion ends up inflicting itself on us. And it is a frustrating and it is sometimes invalidating and painful and stuff like that. And over the five years of doing the show, something I've heard many times is I just wish that they would believe me. Yeah. You know, like at the end of the day, you just want to be believed. If I say I'm black and Japanese and you go, no. Okay. Or they're not, or they're like, I don't see it. Well, I don't see it. Okay. So you don't see it, but yes. that's what I am. So shut the fuck up. Uh, yes. And I think this conversation about the idea of finding a, a, a term to at least replace the concept of racial ambiguity, because I think outsiders mistake are quote being racially ambiguous as an our problem and not a their problem and it is a their problem not an our problem so i i need people to just fucking listen if they're curious and they ask and we decide it's okay to tell them just shut your mouth afterwards just say okay thank you Zip for the it. information moving on 
drop some coins in my cash app. I don't care. Um, but yeah, we, we started to have this conversation in real time. We did not know where this was going. Yeah, we no ended idea. up defining terms or just like in the on the fly. We defined what we were thinking the terms might mean and kind of finding a consensus between ourselves, knowing that at the end of the day, we're just two aunties coming up with some shit. That doesn't necessarily mean that's what it's going to right it be once the once it goes through but we did get some some people who were really like okay this is interesting i see what you're playing with here there were people who interpreted our definitions differently saying like if i if i charmaine felt that this seemed like it put the onus on the mixed person uh they might feel the opposite they might say actually no non-conforming sounds like you're actively not doing something but divergent sounds like it's on them or something like you know everybody had kind of a different take on it um but but it opens the conversation for us to be able to have in this it also spilled into a secondary conversation which was oh this is not unlike me dealing with my gender stuff and trying to find um the way that i'm going to determine define myself gender wise and as a fellow mixed gender fluid gender ambiguous (laughs) like i don't know gender non-conforming like i'm i kind of conform to somebody's idea of gender but at the same time my mentality i think you're divergent different sort so um so that as being a fellow participant in that intersection i can understand how having that conversation about your racial identity and your gender identity spill into each other pretty often. So it was interesting to see some of the comments. We're going to talk about some of those today, uh, both the ones that we have in print and the ones that we kind of experienced outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Was there anyone in particular that you wanted to start with? Yes. Um, I like, well, I like of the ones you sent. Um, the first one says, love this. You know, I love, so for, I was excited by, like you asked you, I had zero expectations. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect. I was like, you know, let's throw this grenade and see what happens. But <laughs> I mean, f- full disclosure, uh, Sir Auntie and I are both Sagittarians. So, you know, that's how we roll. But anyway, I'm so fascinated by all the gender discussions and I learn. I'm always on a learning curve and always wondering, okay, let me understand. Am I understanding this correctly? Da, 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 da that I just can't help but think, like you said, that it could go over to us. And so I love the conversations that say, that talked about, there's another one I like that um, we really need to shift the discussions about our appearance to be under our own to control and not for outsiders to determine. Well, you said that in response. I, I was replying well, to somebody's reply. No wonder so. I liked it, y'all. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so busted. But anyway, just more confirmation that Saranti Maine is dope. Okay. But, <laughs> hello. I mean, there's a But, oh, I also like the one. Um, ooh, interesting. Phenodivergent like neurodivergent. Also, how about phenopunk like gender punk? Like deliberately messing with people's expectations. I loved that one, too. Again, for me, the goal is for all of us, y'all, communally to start playing and coming up with, not to say, these are the terms, these are the definitions we will be using. It's to it's to stop that dynamic altogether yeah. and say, look, you come up with a term that works for you and you can, that be, you can use that term when responding to people's endless inquiries about your identity. Right. Or endless 
unsolicited opinions about your appearance or your how you move through the world or your cultural affinities or whatever. I, I agree with you, um, Charmaine. My goal would be for it to shut the conversation down. Yeah. I want the conversation, unless the mixed person wants the conversation to continue, which frankly, we, we rarely do. But um, unless we're with other mixed people, you know, like we, we tend people, not right. to want to talk about this to, to monoracial people. And it's so funny because it's monoracial people who accuse us of talking about race all the time when literally I'm walking down the street in a regular ass T-shirt and someone just comes up and has a question about what I am. You what know, and, are you people just OK, how about people just walk up to you? y'all? I mean, yeah. mixed people, and you already know. But any monoracial people listen to this. People just walk up to I'm listen, y'all. Yo, I am an no elder. I am a no boomer. Nothing. No foreplay, no kiss, no first date, no can I get your number? Like they just come on. They walk up to you in a public place and go, What are you? And I and this has been happening to me, y'all, for almost 70 years. So yeah. and and it happens to me in all kinds of places and from all kinds of people. Everybody's yeah. experiences are different. I don't get it more from white people or more from, I get it from all the people thinking I'm all the things. So I'm loving these terms because I feel like saying, well, I am phenodivergent, honey. Yeah. And just walk away from it. So the other part is if you say what you are or you say the word that you yes. want to say yes. and someone still has questions or they still don't agree with, don't believe you, whatever, my natural reaction now and has been for many years is to kick that back with, well, what are you? Right. And then if they get the whole, I'm American. Okay. But where, where did your people come from? Where did right. your family immigrate and or colonize from? Right. You know, like, because there is, it is possible that they did immigrate later. Uh, <laughs> right. But you know, like, where did you, where did your white people colonize from? Uh, I am of the opinion but that's also because I, I can back it comfortably if I need to. This is not for everybody. If you're going to come at me with that kind of negativity, I'm going to come back at you with that. I'm going to mirror it because what I think majority of us experience when it comes to white people's curiosity about, about our brownness or whatever is that they are so not used to being questioned about their status, whatever that is. They're not asked questions about their whiteness. They're not asked what country they actually come from and stuff like that too. So if you kick it back, it'll make them uncomfortable. It might even make them angry. What I hope is that if we collectively, those of us who are comfortable in doing something like this, kick it back on them, that eventually they fucking stop doing this shit. Not to say that it's only white people who do this to us because it doesn't matter. It's usually across the board. I've, I've had it from all race, all genders, all countries, you know, things like that too. Um, it hits different in different scenarios. And so the way yes. I answer, you know, is different in different scenarios. Um, but predominantly the, the people who I get it from are white people, usually white men, which is funny because I have the least interaction with white men of any category of humans um, in my day-to-day -day life. Um, and yet a one will find me on the street and being like, hey, you have a comic book T-shirt on. What are you? Uh, I, I'm a comic, comic book. book fan. You know, like, but no, no, no. What are, you know, you know what I'm asking. Uh, so, you know, I get that kind of stuff all the time. And and my reaction to that is where your where did your family colonize from? In the yeah. hopes that it stops them in their tracks and maybe maybe gives me an opportunity to say, 
you see how that pro that conversation, you know, that question is stupid. You know, maybe don't maybe don't do that just because you're curious or something like that. I mean, now I don't have to do it at all because I'm here in Mexico. And if someone does ask me where I'm from, they literally mean what country I come from. Um, so it's a whole it's a whole different ball game now. It's actually quite nice to have gone five months with not answering the question. What are you? Mm -hmm. um, that's the longest I've ever gone in my entire life outside of possibly my infancy. <laughs> Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, I think there are ways in which you can embrace the idea of phenodivergent, phenol non conforming, phenol fluid. And even if you like racially ambiguous, I'm not saying there's not people out there who don't like it. I'm saying that generally it, it, it feels very othering to the people that I've spoken to and to myself. So everything that I say with, in this case, you have to take with a grain of salt because I'm going off of my personal experiences and the experiences of the 200 plus people that I've interviewed. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. That's you have a good solid database. So my thing is y'all, I started calling myself racial ambiguous looking. I am. So I would say when I'm describing myself to someone, I say I'm racially. And I started doing this like in the eighties before the term was even a thing. Y'all just want you to know. I'm not saying I made it up. I'm just saying I had to come up with a way to describe myself. This is prior to the internet, <laughs> the olden days uh, to describe myself to people. I might be meeting in a public place for the first time, whatever I've said. I'm, and so what I would come to say is I'm racially ambiguous looking, very light skin, dark hair, da, 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 da. And then go from there. I say, where are you from? Okay, you're going to think I'm Puerto Rican. If you're from the East Coast, you're going to think I'm Puerto Rican. If you're from the West Coast, you might think I'm da-da-da. So, you know, all of that. So I don't have a term with the, that's not the term I have a problem with, but I like these other terms because to me, racial ambiguous looking just means in my experience, and again, we all have our personal definitions. And I'm really glad that Saranti made articulated that just now. Um, that we all have our own definitions based on experience, which makes sense that that's a category I'm in. You can throw me in a bowl with the other people who get asked, what are you all the time or get misraced <laughs> all the time, misethniced. Okay. Is that a word? I don't know. But you know, y'all know what I'm saying all the time or enough that it's actually a thing in our lives. And you're right. I never thought about how monoracial people talk. Y'all just always want to talk about being mixed. It's like, no, no first of all, no, first of all, yeah. First of all, you have you're not us. Everybody's people are obsessed. People yeah. are obsessed with us, and we know all the reasons. But and in a way where it's like you know it's exhausting, it's draining. It is a microaggression, even when it's really benign. It doesn't make it feel like any less of an annoyance or a microaggression. Especially if what are you? I answer you, and then you take that as the beginning of a debate. Yeah, and you also are. It's also, to me, a form, a definitely whatever race, and I've gotten this from all races of people, y'all. So it's a form of you trying to dominate me. You have appointed yeah. yourself an expert on me. You don't know me. Mm -mm. You don't know anything about me. Okay. You're not looking at a DNA test result. You don't know nothing about my life. You're just looking at me. And you've, you've come up with an entire backstory that you've assigned to me. Mm -hmm. Based on your experience and your perspective and your biases in life, you know, and that's what so many of us are on the receiving end of. And that's what I, why I wanted to start playing with these terms. So for me, yes, I, you know, racially ambiguous, yes, that's what I am. That's objectively speaking, that's what I am. But my thing is, I like being able, and I think for right now, I'm feeling a divergent today. So next time, 
somebody comes at me, I'm gonna say I'm phenodiverging, <laughs> and see how that works. I mean, because that for me that feels empowering. I said for I think that what we're what we're both saying, but I'm certainly saying in my way, and and Auntie Mayne and hers is the goal is I think to come up with terms that we who are on the receiving end of all this madness can can come up with. And just like the hybrid terms, you know, Charmaine's talking about, let, make up your own. I like phenopunk, gender punk. Gen, uh, gender punk and phenopunk. Could yeah. potentially, phenopunk could be really cool if you're playing with the concepts of the sort of early punk era what what the goal was there yeah which was really just like separating separating yourself from the government's expectations or yes. um systems that they were putting on yes. you yes and and i mean especially as as americans which even though i'm trying actively to de-american myself um you know i can't help where i was born and shit like that but especially for those of us who are born in in the, in that country the government's obsession with what race we are dictates where we live, how much money we make, what, what services we have access to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if I'm going to remove myself from that, like partially my grandparents removed me from it when they decided to have interracial relationships. And then my parents had further removed me from it when they decided to have an interracial relationship. And for me, I'm furthering trying to remove myself from that system of ideas about racial race and, and things like that. Because one, I don't look like anything in particular. I look like everything that I mix with though, is what I'm going to say. Yes. And if I can find a way to separate myself from the systems that someone is trying to press on me, uh, that's what I'm going to do. And if that's playing with terms like phenodivergent or phenopunk or phenofluid or nonconforming, um, that'll be cool. Uh, over the last year or so, I started to actively um, learning from other people that I, that I know. Uh, Rohan Jolie, when they're on screen, they will describe themselves so that visually, so that visual impaired people or people who cannot see will have an understanding of who's on screen at the moment. And um, based off of that, I started to hear how they describe themselves. And I was like, oh, that is a different way that I could also be looking into how I describe myself as well. So one of the things that they say is that I am a um, brown skinned black Asian, black mixed Asian of, you know, Jamaican, Chinese, Filipino, Indian descent, things like that. So they'll they'll go down a list of a thing, kind of like I do at the beginning of my show, or I used to do, I don't do it anymore, but I, I list out my identities and things. Um, in this case, I've started taking to describing myself visually as a lighter skin mixed black Asian. And, um, and that is something that I feel really comfortable with. How I would take that into a conversation where someone would ask me what I am, I suppose if they don't come at me really incorrect, I might say I'm, you know, a lighter skin, black, Japanese, British American or something like that. Um, I might do something like that. But um, I what I like about this idea, whether whether we adopt these terms individually or not, is that the goal is to find the way to describe yourself in a way that makes you feel comfortable. And if after I describe myself, the person asks me another follow-up question. My next thing is to say, I answered the question that you asked. Yes. If they, yes. They, sometimes they ask another question or sometimes they just decide to start unleashing their foolishness on you as in, 
really, I don't see it. Oh no, you look Puerto Rican to me. Or, oh really, what kind of Jewish? And I'm like, you know what? You, you Your quarter ran out, boo. You, yeah, your quarter ran out. Oh, I like not, that one. We are, you did one. not pay for the full. <laughs> yeah, that's when you pop up a card that has your QR code for your yeah. cash app. And you'll be like, if you, you pay me, wait, wait, I might wait. consider answering your question. Mixed people, mixed people. Get a card, QR code your cash app or whatever you use and let us all try this for the next year and then compare notes. <laughs> I'm loving that. I am phenodivergent. Boom. Scan it. Boom. I should do a commercial, a TikTok on this like, oh, moderational person. Did you just ask a, a mixed person? What are they? Ping. You know, like $5 per what are you? Um, that would yes. be funny. Yeah. Yes. I think like I, my goal in this conversation is to shut the the curiosity, not shut the curiosity down, because they're going to be curious, to shut the conversation down so that I'm the one controlling if I'm if I want to talk to you about this kind of stuff. Like in my case, when is it appropriate for someone who is non mixed to talk to me about my mixed race identity or anything like that? Um, if I've been invited to a university to speak on racial identity and, are being and they are. And then I'm getting paid and they're the monoracial person who helped set it up. Sure. We could talk about it, you know, come at me. Correct. And we could talk about it. Um, in my doctor's office, if I'm saying I'm concerned about certain ailments that affect the different things that I am, what are you? I am black. I am Japanese. I am concerned about this on my black side and this on my Japanese side. That is an opportunity that is totally appropriate for a monoracial person to talk to me, how I identify and, and what's going on with me. Um, guy on the street as I'm trying to get a taco? No, absolutely not. Stay away from me. <laughs> you know, like, get away. <laughs> um, and nine times out of ten, the way that I get asked is literally walking down the street, having no, like you said, no further, not, no beginning conversation. I've had random people say, oh, in a classroom or something like that. Oh, I saw you across the room. I was so confused of what you are. What are you? I'm sorry. You saw me from across the room and you had to come over here to inflict your curiosity on me. No, thank you. Uh, so like my whole thing in this discussion is to find is twofold. One, find the way that you describe yourself that you feel empowered by. Fuck what they say in response to it. Don't let what they say in response to it impact the way you feel validated by what you call yourself. Number two, end the conversation. The conversation has ended. I answer the question that you asked. You do not have permission or access to my information. Full stop. That being said, if somebody does, if you do feel like someone's coming at you with a God, I hate to say like a genuine curiosity, but like, you know, like they are curious, but they're, they're not trying to be problematic, but, but they're trying to figure out, can they talk about that? There are times when it's okay to engage in that conversation, but I'm too old at this point to just frivolously give it up. You know, I'm not going to do it with you on the air, on the airplane, just because you're about to have a mixed grandchild um i'm not gonna do it in the grocery store because i grabbed a can of peas and you grabbed a can of peas and you're just like i didn't know someone brown would grab a can of peas like i did you know i don't fucking i don't care i don't know why you're curious i don't care why you're curious i am what i am i might tell you i might not 
but what I say ends the conversation. And that's what I would hope for anybody else that's out there. There's a sense of entitlement with monoracial people. Mm -hmm. By the way, mm -hmm. by the way, y'all, I'm not letting any monoracial group off the hook. No. Come for me if you want. I am more than prepared. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I've had, like I said, I have almost 70 years of lived experience, some of which are chronicled in my book, some of which are on my blog, many of which are in my head. So I, all monoracial people have a sense, all of them feel a sense of entitlement. And that's the vibe behind yes. so many of these questions slash assertions. That's what I'll call them. But that are really microaggressions. Even if they're not intended to be microaggressions, the impact is that we're being microaggressed, right? right. And so I want to say to all the monoracial people, you're not entitled unless, I mean, Charmaine gave some, mine, mine you know, I'm a, I always have fun at airports, customs, immigration, but uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, I, mean, I know how to, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to get through. I'm trying to go to jail. I'm trying to get killed. Yeah. I will you know, I straighten right on up. Don't worry. I, plus I got, I carry all the paperwork. I carry ridiculous amounts of paperwork. Y'all it's, it's mm -hmm. actually friends I've traveled with are like, why? I'm like, and then they see, and they're like, Oh, my paperwork includes a photo of my parents. <laughs> I got birth certificate, Negro and white. Right. I'm like, like, listen, it is a, I need to get a new one. Actually it's so raggedy. But the point is y'all to all monoracial people, lose the entitlement and to mix mm -hmm. folks to 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 enthusiastically co-sign what Sir Auntie Main just said. Let's take back our agency and our power. Yes. And that was what playing with these or any terms you like. Any We're terms, not yeah. attached to these terms. We're not invested in these terms. Um, any term you like, right, that helps you take back the sense of agency and shut down the BS. Yeah. Shut it down. Take control. Take control over that dynamic. And and don't feel like you have to answer. And believe me, I'm somebody who answered all the time in ridiculous. I answered for so long. Yeah. Until I was in my 60s and wrote my memoir, Swell Girl Coming and Racing the USA, which answers all the questions. <laughs> and now my thing is, oh, Liz, let me give you, now I'm, I need to start carrying around a QR our code to the Amazon link as well yeah. and go, just scan this. We'll get the book, read the book and hit me up. We'll yep. talk. But yeah. that was literally, I didn't stop answering y'all. I was in my sixties. This is just a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And I was writing the book and I said, I'm going to experiment with something that felt really radical at the time. And I just said, no, when people would say, are you? And I just said, no. And then I, I scared myself. I was like, Ooh, this feels I just Am said, I allowed to have agency? Am I allowed to? Have, and y'all, again, I'm a grown, grown, grown a person. Yeah. So, you know, but I did. So I'm, I'm encouraging everybody else. Start now. Yeah. Start now. Know when you have to give it up, like some official situation like we're talking about. I mean, don't be, you know, don't get yourself in trouble. But for the most part, 99% of the time, you can just look at a person and be like, and that's why we play with those terms. Like, I'm going to play with, I am phenodivergent, honey. And then that's really going to mess with their mind. And I'll just watch their little faces crumble and enjoy it. Yeah. I, I started to um, say things like, I answered the question that you asked, um, not just about race, like literally across the board of, of things um, where people feel that they have access to information about me. Um, as a podcaster and a person who talks a lot, 
uh, people know a lot of shit about me, <laughs> you know, like, you know, my sexuality, you know, my gender stuff, you know, my lifestyle, like whatever, blah, blah. So, um, so people do feel that they have access to me because I have shared a lot about myself online, but that doesn't mean that every interaction that I have with someone is an interaction that you have permission to get more information out of me than I'm comfortable sharing or that I even want to share. You know, I, I'd, I'd, I start. I started to say I answered the question that you asked as a way of saying like like just because you asked a question doesn't mean you get the answer that you're hoping for. Doesn't mean that you get access to a full conversation. Um, I'm I'm trying to actively learn how to protect my peace, and that's that's been a hard lesson for myself. Even you know I've I have I was raised to be very accommodating in my Japanese household culture. Um, I'm literally the person in the in the hierarchy of my family that was supposed to cater to everybody above me. Mm-hmm. And um, being raised like that teaches you to just accommodate across the board. So I've let people walk over me. I've let people get away with shit they shouldn't have gotten away with and things like that for many, many years. And now that I'm starting to do um, stuff like that, push back, you know, say I answered the question that you asked, things like that. Um part of the reason why I have so much more peace now is because people who don't want to put up with being told no disappear. Mm. And while that has been painful in some cases, it's not been painful across the board. It at least protects me and lets me know who are the safe people to be around. And this, this is a conversation about race. This is a conversation about gender. This is a conversation about across the board. Uh, When you tell people no, you get a mix between the people who don't like to hear no and keep pushing and the people who get it oh i i probably overstep. you know all of us are going to overstep sometimes sometimes curiosity gets the better of us and we're going to ask a question if i'm if i catch it beforehand and i think i'm about to step i'll ask a question and i'll try to say don't answer this if if i'm pushing or if i'm crossing a line but xyz you know whatever whatever the thing is because i you know again i'm trying to also not inflict myself on people while i'm asking other people not to inflict themselves on me and it's it's a tough ass thing to do because i think we could make that mistakes in mixed company as well i think we could also look at each other and maybe not ask the question comfortably like as a mixed podcaster i str- i have struggled on this show with being like oh they forgot to say in their introduction what their race was and then i have to turn around and be like what's your mix or could you share your mix with the group so we can talk about, you know, like I've had to work on feeling comfortable asking the question that I know we don't love when other people ask us. Um, And I've been asked grossly by other mixed people too. And sometimes they'll be like, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I'm mixed. And it's still like, okay, but you came at me like a very entitled white man just now, you know? So like, I don't feel comfortable talking. So I do think there are ways in which that we can all learn from this experiment, whether it is actually adopting one of these terms or if it's creating something for yourself or just full stop saying no. I answered the question that you asked. You may not like my answer. You may not agree with my answer. You may want more information. No. (laughs) No, you don't get to. (laughs) And I hope that that's like that honestly is the thing I took away the most from some of the conversations that I had not just the things that came in print, but um, one of the conversations I had was like, why come up with terms at all? And it's like, because it's just exhausting sometimes to go into a greater conversation. So you hope to have a term because you hope that the term answers the question. 
But if the term doesn't answer the question, then, you know, you keep cycling through this conversation. And that's where the response ends up having to be no at some point. You don't get to ask any more questions and I will not be sharing any more information. Love that. I'm going to have to adopt that as well. But I just like what you just said. Why keep coming, come up with new terms? Well, here's why. This is my answer. This is my answer, y'all. So the why is because when I found social media, you know, several years ago and jumped in and jumped in with every mixed group I could find because it was just fascinating because it was all brand new then. I was hit with terms and I've been mixed a long time talking about it, writing about it, thinking about it for my whole life. Uh, and one of the terms was phenotype. There was a uh, blood quantum. There were terms, all kinds of terms that I wasn't used to. I could look at them and figure out what they meant or look them up. And sometimes I did, but there were a lot of new terminologies. Now, so the, the reality is that for many people in the world, this is not in any way unique to mixed race people, okay, at all. But for, for many different groups of humans, and for some of us, there's a lot of intersectionality here. Terms are being created, considered, reconsidered, redefined every day. And so one of the things for those of us who are ambiguous or for whom the world deems ambiguous, however one wants to look at it, or who sometimes are ambiguous in some spaces, um, th there have been terms that, la that have come up and that are used now by mixed and monoracial people. And they are, and what's the most popular ones are white passing, white appearing, white presenting, white assumed. We've talked about this. It did come up in some of the written mm -hmm. comments and some of the one, the comments and conversations I had as well. First of all, though, Sir Auntie Maine and I, I'm just saying, you know, we're leading a crusade to get rid of white passing. Because even though I know that the young folks are trying to come up with it and say it means something different, the thing is that globally, as far as I know, certainly in a Western or U.S. context or North American context, passing has a very definitive meaning, and it refers to people with Black ancestry who are, for whatever reason, and there are a plethora of reasons that everybody can go read the history themselves, yeah. but are passing for white. It is a deliberate act of... It is a it's like it's like being in witness protection. So, you know, right. Yeah, that's what it's like. So for whatever reason, if you're doing it because you hate your blackness, if you're doing it for practical reasons, if you're doing it to save your life. That, again, there's a whole there are centuries of history there. So the mm -hmm. word passing is too loaded. It would be like yeah. trying to stick mulatto onto something and pretend it's just neutral. Yeah, it isn't going to work, y'all. Believe me, I tried it as a child. Mm -hmm. So. I tried to play with it as a child. I was like, eh, nah, nah, nah. Actually, it's, that's even how you introduced yourself on the first episode of Militant well, Mix that you came on. Well, because I, in my, from my Militant Mulatto days in the 70s, in the yeah. 70, 50 years ago. Um, so, yeah, but, but I, you know, I was playing with terminology back then, y'all, OG here. But I'm just saying, you know, so that's one of those terms like Mulatto, right? Mm -hmm. That you, you, you can't take passing and just, you know, stick stick a modifier on it or or describe it, stick hyphenate it with something else and think it's suddenly just a, a neutral descriptive term. Yeah. Again, in com I was in a Facebook conversation on that 
with that about that this morning. Mm. So it, that's a very real thing. So so what's what have, what's bubbled up and that's being used by mixed people and at least by monoracial black people when talking about mixed people and colorism is white assumed white presenting. Okay, white presumed white presenting. You know, white appearing. Um, and so th that's all interesting. What's interesting to me, and it's not good or bad, I'm just still trying to figure out how to navigate it, mm -hmm. is I'm not accustomed to mixed people leading their descriptions of themselves or each other with white. It's I'm starting to see it, but I agree with you. It's new. It's completely new to me. Like what, like, okay. So what I said for a lot of years and in, in the socials on this as well, why don't y'all just say what I say, which is light skin and ambiguous. Yeah. Cause for me, light skin and ambiguous. Okay. But they, you know, again, every generation likes to come up with their own language. It's a beautiful, yeah. fabulous, great and healthy thing. But if, if, and I'm not just whatever, but if, if you use that term to describe yourself or your child or someone, I, what you're suggesting to me is that, and it may not be accurate, which is why I don't like the terms, mm. is that I'm having to look at them and say, well, I guess they're white identified then. So that I think is fair to an extent, because when I say I'm hierarchically black and I describe myself as a black Asian, I don't look like the typical black Asian that you're used to seeing, like a Naomi Osaka or a Ryo Hachimura or something like that. And I understand that. So in that case, I still say black first because black is my main culture, my main identity, right? So in that respect, I'm describing myself as a black Asian. Now, in the case of something like, say, a white Latina, I would understand that to mean, you know, of the variety of different racial categories that Latina people find themselves in, this person is one of the white ones, right? You know, like. And and white Latina looks different than a white American or you know a white no, Anglo agree. person. Yeah, but so, they're, they're also they're a white person who's also Latina or Latina. Yeah, and yeah. so in that respect, that kind of makes sense person. to me. But if yeah. you're like say a black white biracial person who is brown in your presentation, and you describe yourself as white mix or white black mix or something like that, putting the white in front would be confusing to me. Yeah. Also. I would want to follow up with the question, is it because you have more white identity, like more white culture or something like that? Because obviously your appearance is going to tell it like, you know, a cop isn't going to stop for you to describe yourself as a white, black, biracial. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. that's where that. A You're going to be like read as a as black person, the global yeah. majority and probably yeah. a black person. Yes. So for someone like you or I, who aren't immediately read as what, what we are, we, are. <laughs> we just it's easier i think for us to tell you what we are and whether or not you accept is a different story but it's mm -hmm. we have we have a little bit more time i feel to tell you what we are because and i again i hate to have to use it but because of the ambiguity and because the confusion that the outsider is having when they look at you it'll pa there, there is that pause that sometimes people take and sometimes the pause is i don't know how to hate you i just know that i'm supposed to hate you because you're mm. different you know like that's that one and sometimes it's the you know how do i other you you know like how do i categorize you so i can decide 
you know, yes. where you fit and things like that. Yes. You and I have a presentation that gives people that pause, but for mm -hmm. your stereotypical biracial person, be it a black, white, biracial, an Asian, white, biracial, even a black, Asian, biracial or something like that, you might not be ambiguous enough for the whatever the brown is, whatever the dominant brown is um, in your appearance to make someone take a stop, you know, take a breath before they hate on you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, so yeah. they're going to, you know, kind of like Deontay Wright's mother saying, I thought my whiteness would protect my son, yes. which is one of those phrases that has stuck with me ever since he was killed because it was just like, of course. And she, met, I mean, and you, I, people got mad. I said, how are you mad at her? She believed, I mean, she believed she had, her whiteness gave her all the reason in the world to believe that yeah, because absolutely. she doesn't have blackness, you know, like she doesn't right. know what the day-to-day -day experience she of doesn't know what it's like to be is. black. So she thought, yeah, she thought the black, the white, yeah. it was it's shitty that she didn't, that De Deontay got to his ripe old age that he got to yeah. before she realized it. Like that's the part that I think people should be more, more upset about. But yeah. what she said makes completely sense coming out of a white woman who has a child with black men. Yes. At least to mix, I don't think mixed people were upset. To build on what you're saying, you're describing mixed people who, we're going to use phenotypically, who phenotypically are clearly people of the global majority. Sure. Okay. Mixed with something else. Mm -hmm. What I'm seeing a lot of, and I'm more aware of, and that I'm... Um, much more a student of y'all is, and many of them are MGM. So many are multi-generational. And sometimes we're going to third, fourth generation at this point, y'all. Um, um, uh, but many of them are, let's say black, white mix, especially Asian white. Those are the ones I, I tend to be seeing the most the in main, the spaces yeah. I'm in. Not that those are the dominant mixes in reality, but those are the ones I'm seeing the most. Um, and a lot of them, and you can see their pictures, you know, um, on their pages or whatever, but a lot of them are describing themselves that way. And what, but, and I know people talk about, you got, you know, da, 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 but I'm looking at them and not because I'm mixed, but in my objective opinion, they're describing themselves as white passing. I'm looking at their picture. Like you don't hardly look even white. I'm not tired of teeth. It's like, I, what you, you, you I and know. I talked about this, like, baby, I, you know, you could see, I could see we talk houses are our poster child, y'all. She could get, and you'd be like, yeah, girl, you, we all know mixed people who straight up look white. Yeah. They just straight up look white. Yes, they do. Absolutely. But a lot of them are newscasters. There's so okay, many mixed yeah. newscasters that Pat, that. Oh yeah. Pass or actively. Well, no, I was early in my journalism career and I had no desire to do this because I've got degree in television and film like you. Um, I got offered, you know, not reporter jobs, anchor jobs. I was a kid. I had no experience, yeah. but I knew I was like, why I was being offered. Mm -hmm. It was back when they started hiring people of the global majority in the seventies. Yeah. Um, and I was like, nah, because anybody gonna know what I am, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, yes. But my thing is, and then I'm seeing a lot of the biracials, black, white, or Asian white biracials who have kids seemingly most often either with other mixed people or white people. Mm-hmm. And they're throwing up these pictures of their kids in these groups. And I'm like, okay. Now my kids are light and ambiguous looking, by the way. I'll just use ambiguous looking. They're black identified, but they light skinned. 
Um, my son was born blonde hair, blue eyes. Blonde hair came from his black daddy's side. But anyway, but the point is, I'm looking at those kids like, okay, they are super ambiguous. And I'm using ambiguous as just an objective description. The general term, yeah. Either they just look white, and a lot of them just straight up look white. Now, I'm not here for their parents describing them as white passing because I'm like, and I've said to some of them, be careful about using that term because you might think it, it means one thing, but there's, a, again, a sense of history in the world, and the world's going to take it a different way, and you ain't got enough breath in your life to explain to every person yeah. that's not what you meant. And honestly, it would probably just be more accurate rather than calling yourself white passing is to call yourself white. Because if we understand race to be what it is, race is a category, a social construct category about how you're immediately perceived. Your ethnicity is a totally different thing. So if you walk down the street, a Halsey, for instance, who, if we're going to go into percentages, is half black and half white, but just looks white racially. Halsey is white. Ethnically, Halsey is black and white. Now, see, I just, I, my interpretation, I'm not even going to disagree. My interpretations are different. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying my interpretations are different. You're still, you're still black or black biracial, but you look like a white person. Well, again, that's where okay. you break down the difference between the definition of race and the definition well, well, of ethnicity. Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not, again, we just have different working definitions. I'm with you. My working definition is, well, what's in you? You know, what, what's in you ancestrally? That, I know, I know. But again, that's good. We're playing, again, terms. But I think the thing is, this is a conversation about terms. Do we need new ones? I would say whether we need new ones, new ones are always popping up. Oh, yeah. And new ones are never going to stop popping up, y'all. So let's... Um, just encouraging people who might find value in playing with new terms, whether it's the ones we're playing with up here, you know, or different terms is part of being your mixed ass self could be play with language until it gets to be, until you find something that works for you mm -hmm. and that helps you feel agency, helps you feel grounded, helps you feel re represented and reflected in the world, regardless of how other folk, the thing you got to let go of, we might have to have a, a whole episode on this, is how you got to let go of being attached to how other people respond. Right. Yeah, because at the end of the day, this shit is only a conversation because of external people from yourself putting it on your doorstep when you walk outside or when you know you just exist i mean even within our own families it happens right oh like, yes my granddad called all of us mixed kids nigglets because we weren't all the way black grant the, the white granddaddy no my black granddad oh your black granddaddy oh yeah well. wait wait oh well then okay <laughs> you know and he'd be like he'd be like he'd be like and they go to nigglets and stuff and you're just like oh okay <laughs> Like so, I guess <laughs> we're not fully developed niggas. We're just nigglets. <laughs> like that's well, the alternative would have been picking innies. But anyways, you so, know what I'm saying? Like that's that. Like right, right, right. Family, but again, they're, but they're, it's outside yeah. of you. It's not, you determine. Yes. This is why this is your the term. Bigger part of this conversation that you and I are yes. trying to do, and even bringing this thing up is. At the end of the day, you need to be the main validator in your life. When I started this show, I would get emails or DMs so regularly. I'm X and Y. Do I count as mixed? Uh, my granddad is X, but my other grandparents are Y. Do I count as mixed? You know, 
can I count as mix it? Blah, 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 blah. And I did not know when I pressed record button for the first time that I was going to have to answer the question so many times. You do I count as mix? Because guess what? That's not for me to determine. I can I can give you some things. I can explain to you what being multi-ethnic is. I can explain to you what being multiracial is. I can explain to you different things like that. I can tell you the difference between identity and what you are ethnically. I can talk about that till the cows come home. But at the end of the day, I can't determine for you what you get in quotation fingers to call yourselves. And I didn't know that just by becoming professionally mixed, I was going to be responsible in other people's eyes, <laughs> you know, like to validate you. So the message I want to drive home in this is yes, absolutely play with terms until you find something that fits because you know, when something fits, right. You know, the second, if it's an, if it's a dress or a coat or a jacket and you're just sitting there and you're like, Ooh, this feels good. That same feeling will happen when you find the term that that fits you. I mean, you can see this difference between the discussion within within a family of whether or not you call yourself black or you call yourself African-American. Some people are African-Americans and some people are black. You know what I'm saying? Like it depends on you, not on the other people. And you're the mixed race um, bill of rights. One of the first things that it opens with is you determine how you identify you do not i don't i don't i'm paraphrasing because i don't have it memorized but it's something to the effect of you have the right to determine how you identify you have the right to differ in your identity from any member of your family this is you you decide you determine what you've been given is what you're mixed with your parents mixed mm -hmm. your grandparents mixed whatever that's what you've been given now that you've got it you determine how you identify, what you align with more culturally, politically, what have you, what you look. Sometimes it is easier with what you look like and you just leave it at that. That's fine, too. Be your mixed ass self. That's what we fucking say. Right. We mean we literally mean. What it means to you and how you identify yourself. Yes, we tend to want validation externally and Sometimes it happens and it feels so good. I'm not saying it can't feel good. I'm saying at the end of the day, you can still only determine it for yourself. And that feels better than anything. Absolutely. Because you are in charge of it and because you're no longer at the mercy of a racist world where everybody is programmed with racist propaganda, every single one of us, mm -hmm. every single one of us, without exception, mm -hmm. and where we are all indoctrinated with white supremacist bullshit mm -hmm. and anti-Black racism, which is at the root of racism, period. Again, this is global, y'all. This mm -hmm. is global. And so I love what you just said. That is the essence of the You Mix That Self. So with our... You know, our auntie call to all mixed folks, okay, <laughs> is not only be your mixed ass self, but yes, use the power, right? I mean, I remember I discovered bluish and I was B-L-E-W-I-S-H, black and Jewish, right? And I remember I first discovered it and I was all geeked out. I'm in my 50s with teenagers, y'all. And my kids are like, oh, I'm like, can I get a t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> typical, typical teenager, no. They're looking to be like, please don't go around at making us have to deal with this too, because you already enough. And then, <laughs> then some and a bag of chips. 
ma'am, to deal with. We already <laughs> got to explain you to every damn body and then explain ourselves because we look like we look. But anyway, yeah. um, you know, but I like bluish. I'm like two syllables. Let's roll. I'm mixed. It feels good. Yeah. It's when you find it, you know, it's your it's the one that fits you. It's the one that fits. It's the one that tells the parts of the story I want to tell. And but I want to really, you know, echo what um, Sir Auntie Maine is saying. You know, let's us start finding, and then you share the ways you all are doing it, finding ways to take control of the conversation where people are trying to even subconsciously dominate you. Mm -hmm. Where people, and even if it's, like you said, benign curiosity, uh, give yourself the gift I didn't give myself till just a few years ago, which is to not respond or to respond in a way that doesn't con continue the conversation. Or doesn't necessarily satisfy their curiosity because I don't feel like that's my responsibility or I'm just not in the mood today. Or yeah. he said, I'm protecting my peace. Protecting my peace. There's this thing on the internets, on the tickety talks and the Instagrams where there's a little kid, his voice, and he goes, I'm a beatboxing blueberry. And he goes, and he just like kind of like does a little mouth thing. And it's so cute. People use the sound for all kinds of things. And in my head, when I hear what are you, I hear I'm a beatboxing blueberry and just leave it at that. Like, just say that shit and walk away. Walk away. Don't engage. Just be like a random dude comes up to you and they're like, what are you? And you just say, I'm a beatboxing blueberry and then run away. It'll be good for you. We would like that. That sounds that's a I love that. So, y'all, <laughs> yes, just know that the power is yours. Mm -hmm. The power is yours. Your identity is your superpower. Even when the world conspires to make it problematic, annoying, and sometimes just feels like a burden, you got to be your mixed ass self. You got to be your mixed ass self. Um, <laughs> as we come to the end of this episode, uh, I do just want to put out a quick reminder because I've been getting emails about it and maybe I need to send out a blast email, but I made the mistake of just assuming that people are listening to the show if they also applied to be in the Be Your Mixed SF Anthology, and that might not be the case. So if you have applied to the Be Your Mixed SF Anthology, we are currently in the reading and review period of the process. And once we finish that, just like the confirmation email says, we will contact you when that period is over because we're not preemptively contacting folks uh once that period is over we'll let everybody know your yours is in we're getting we're putting things together we might reach out to you for some final edits and things like that and then we'll go into publishing and stuff like that so for those of you who are just like i haven't heard anything you did you heard we will contact on your confirmation email you heard we will contact you when we finish the reading and review period it just extended because we opened up and received some more um submissions that's 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 the delay. It's not that it's not happening. Just one more little reminder that that's what's going on with that. I said it last week, but I want to make sure that I say it again, just in case. And for those of you who didn't contribute writing but want to support the project, mm -hmm. we are still taking donations to help with publication costs. Mm -hmm. And you can get to that on militantlymix.com. Click on the Be Your Mix SF Anthology tab, and uh, there's the donation button at the bottom of the page yes. there. Um, but yeah, we'll give we'll get more updates soon. Again, as I said in January, this is the 2023 project. So even if it takes all of 2023, it's gonna be done in 2023. <laughs> so that's what's happening. 
don't forget to follow Militantly Mixed on all the social medias at Militantly Mixed or go to MilitantlyMixed.com and click on any tab, Beer Mix itself, the merch tab, whatever, uh, to stay up on what's going on in the show. And then also follow mixedauntie.substack.com. Come see the other half of the tea. So sometimes the articles are about what we talk about on the show, but most of the time the articles are about all the other things under the mixed sun that you write about. So it's not just militantly mixed content. It's literally yes. just. Oh like, yeah. I might throw. If we do an poem. episode, I militantly yes. mixed pops up, but other than that, it's your own thing. <laughs> I've been interviewing people. We're getting ready to feature the amazing Allison Hart and her wonderful work. Her, the, Shout her, out to Allison. Shout out to Allison, and um, I'm real excited about that. But yeah, come get the goodies at Mixed Auntie and know that we are always cooking up something delicious and nutritious for your soul. <laughs> that sounded real 70s, didn't it? That did. It was just like, <laughs> it was like, hey, y'all, on this Sunday evening, we're going to yeah. slow things down. Um <laughs> Quiet storm. Y'all, y'all don't, oh don't know about that. Y'all don't know about that. Y'all don't know about that. Probably a lot of this audience don't because I think my audience tends lower, but man, that immediately <laughs> triggered memories. Woo! Just Google quiet storm, y'all. Um you'll, storm. you'll find about it. I'm sure you'll find out something. Listen to the listen to the classics. The classics. I mean yeah, those are, those to be fair. Uh, I will totally end on this, but um, because I don't want this to drag on forever. But Tree suffered a blow the other day because he saw a meme that said, "If the movie Black Back to the Future was filmed today, they would be talking about 1993." And he looked at me and I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Why are you? What do you not understand how crazy that is?" And I was like, "It's 30 years ago." And he's like, "You don't understand how crazy that is?" And I'm like. Back to the Future was about the 50s. It was 30 years before, in the 80s, it was 30 years before. Like, I understand the math. And he's like, no, 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 no. 30 years ago. Like, he is freaking <laughs> out that that much time has passed and that because we're that old. Because he thinks he's 30. Because so, in your head, you're still way in younger head, than, you, than you are. And I, I'm fully embracing getting older. I'm just waiting for my face to catch up to how crotchety I am. But, you know, black don't crack and Asian don't raise. I was going to say, your face ain't catch up to <laughs> It, unless I go the Asian there. route, if if I hit eighty eight, I might tuck all the way over and you know because Asian have Asians have two speeds, nineteen forever, or one hundred and eighty four. So oh. sometimes you, <laughs> so sometimes you'll cross over and you'll just shrivel up and then you'll hunch over. If I go the Asian route in my old age, that'll happen probably after I hit like 88 years old or something like that. But for now, black don't crack, Asian don't raisin. My face is not caught up to how crotchety and old I am on the inside. But yeah, he can't he, he can't accept it yet. He's so stressed out that it's like Back to the Future, if filmed today, would be covering our high school era. And I'm like, his parents were in high school. Like, it all makes sense logically to me but emotionally for him it, it was a blow okay well please please give him a hug from me <laughs> and tell him he has all my condolences he's like it's gonna be fine <laughs> but, well, i mean i'm over here y'all 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 don't even know i'd be like i see all these references to something and i'm like i mean i i swear if i could get paid for googling 
I'd be in really good shape. I'd be like, what? Wait, what is that? What is that? So I, you know, I was aware of some youth related things because again, I have millennial kids. Yeah. Who are both now in their 30s. So I feel like, oh, I need I need to go adopt some Gen Zs. By the way, y'all hit me up for, re <laughs> for um, reciprocal mentoring and or I can be um, a surrogate grandmother. That's fair because even now I'm starting to see some stuff pop up on the internet and I'm like, mm. Because <laughs> so that's the, your version of what tree is going through. Yeah, the 45 is 45 in, but like it doesn't stress me out. Like I'm totally fine to get old. Um, but him, he's he's stressed out about getting old. He's like, we're gonna be it. dead soon. Like, yeah. I mean, everybody in my family lives until oh, okay, correction. All the women in my family live <laughs> forever, 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 ever, forever, ever, forever, ever. Okay, on that note, we're out. Be a mix ourselves, y'all. Militantly Mix is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Fury. Music is by David Bogan, the one you can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at militantly mixed. If you'd like to become a sponsor of militantly mixed, please go to patreoncom slash militantly mixed for monthly sponsorship or paypal.me slash militantly mixed for a one-time only donation. And if you like what you hear on Militantly Mixed, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to be your mixed-ass self. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.